1: everybody and welcome back to the podcast where i bring you the best and brightest from the world of business marketing and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity to drive your career forward tribe i am beyond grateful and honored to welcome my guest today dave Meltzer. and if you're a fan of podcasts you've heard him tell his incredible life story and roller coaster business tales and if you don't know dave i'll give you a little quick uh, insight he is the ceo of sports one marketing and formerly served as ceo of the renowned Lee Steinberg, sports and entertainment industry, and if you've seen Jerry Maguire, that was the inspiration behind it. Three-time international best-selling author, top 100 business coach, executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, The Elevator Pitch, and host of the Top Entrepreneur Podcast, The Playbook, and his newest book, Game Time: Decision Making, was a number one new release. And based on his decades of experience, Davis created a platform that uses four overarching principles: gratitude, empathy accountability, and effective communication. Keep it simple, people, right? And these principles have allowed him to communicate and mentor everyone from college students to C-suite executives. And these principles in everyday practice allow Dave to live by his mission, which I absolutely love, to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. Is it really that simple, Dave?
0: It really is. And once you understand (laughs) the concept of Truth and ego—it uh, really is that simple when all your focus goes to clearing that connection when you are in ego. So I believe it's that simple. And Dave Meltzer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks.
1: <laughs> Good to see you, Adam. I love it, and and I and I absolutely love this guy. And and Dave, today I want to focus on the concept and idea of failure. And Dave has experienced the extremes of both success and cataclysmic failure, so he truly understands the ultimate highs and the ultimate lows. So just to give a little bit of context here, let's take us back. Let's say you're mid-20s, right? You're you're gaining quick success there, and I think things uh, kind of accelerated quickly, and you hit the ultimate rock bottom of of bankruptcy. Let's dig in there and and give my tribe a little bit of context on your your backstory on that.
0: Yeah, sure. So, you know, growing up poor, I just wanted to be rich so I could buy my mom a house and a car. Mom worked two jobs, packed our dinner in a car, and five boys, one girl. All of them went to the Ivy Leagues, kind of the doctor, lawyer, failure mentality, after law school, um, I went to the law school I went to to be rich. I reverse engineered what was the highest paying job out of law school, oil and gas litigator. So I went to Tulane and uh, top maritime law program in the country and became an oil and gas litigator, but ended up not taking that job. I ended up selling uh, legal research on the internet and nine months out of law school I was a millionaire into my 20s, a multimillionaire on Sand Hill Road, raising money in the middle space and then becoming CEO of Samsung's first phone division, the world's first smartphone, a Windows CE device, which, talking earlier, the technology, nobody knows what Windows CE is, I do. Uh, But moreover, everything was driven by money for me. Money bought happiness, it bought love. Money was the ultimate thing for me, and I achieved the highest level of that. And the greatest failure uh, that I had, I was really more Midas growing up. Everything I touched, even things that people, thought I couldn't do, like play college football or, uh, you know, start and sell books or whatever I was doing. Everybody always say they laughed at me, they snickered at me, they scoffed at me, and then they applauded me. Uh, And that might sound great, except for it came too early and too often, and I started taking it for granted. I lost my gratitude. I lost my forgiveness. I lost my accountability. And then, ultimately, I lost my inspiration. And when I woke up in a mansion with a Ferrari and Porsche and Dream Girl and three beautiful daughters uh, and looked at the ceiling and said, oh, my gosh, I'm not happy. I knew things were wrong. And that, to me, was the greatest failure that I've ever, besides two years after that losing everything, that, <laughs> that to me was a greater failure <laughs> not being happy over losing over $100 million dollars.
1: Was there the the epiphany, was there that one moment, was that one morning when you were lying in bed where it clicked that things were not right?
0: So I would say there's accumulated three things that happened, but there was one moment. The first was when I was 30 years old, my dad gave me a jacket with no pockets for my birthday. And he told me it was to remind him me that he was, I was just like him. I was furious. I thought he's an overseller, back-end seller, manipulator, a liar, a cheater. He left me and my mom when I was five. I don't want to be anything like him. I'm not anything like him. But I still hung the jacket in my closet to remind me that I couldn't take anything with me when I was gone. I had no pockets in it. And subconsciously, I think I was reminded that I am like my father. Uh, number two thing that happened was I went golfing with my. Uh, best friend from the fourth grade. And I asked him why he wouldn't hang out with me anymore. I was now CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment, the most notable sports agency. And he literally told me, I don't like who you hang out with and I don't like what you're doing. I looked him in the eye, told him straight out, I'm not doing what those guys are doing. I'm not like those guys. And he said to me, look, you can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. My heart sunk. I actually cried in my car because I knew the truth vibrated the fastest that That was where I was heading and I was doing what those guys were doing and I was hanging out with those guys and I was just like my father and just like those guys. And because I was just like my father and because I was just like those guys, two weeks later, coming home at 530 in the morning after lying to my beautiful, wonderful, forgiving wife, uh, intoxicated and high, uh, my wife told me she wasn't happy. And she told me I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. Or she was gonna leave me now my initial reaction was anger i went to bed thinking how and who should i call divorce lawyers how should i leave her what should i sell what should i do and um then i looked at that jacket and it hit me i was just like my dad and i was thinking about my friend robbie and how right he was i was just like my friends and then i was thinking about the number one achievement of my life the place i outkicked my coverage according to my own capabilities, that gorgeous, wonderful, unbelievable wife who I'd been in love with since the fourth grade that I asked to go study in the sixth grade and said no, who I threw an egg at and stayed away from me until my (laughs) mid-20s when we finally started the date. But I was about to blow my relationship with her and my children. And so I started living my life and took stock in gratitude, which gave me perspective made my past better, my present better than that, and my future brighter. Forgiveness, I needed to forgive myself. I needed to illuminate who I was truthfully, and I needed to help other people feel comfortable with the mistakes that they made. I needed to be accountable, asking myself, what did I do to get myself in this position? What did I do to attract this to myself, and what am I supposed to learn from it? And most importantly, I needed to clean that connection to inspiration, to effectively communicate the that which inspired me like I was when I was young. I was super happy, super inspired, even though I had nothing. And I needed to clear those interferences, clear the corrosion. I need to live my life of service, of value, to make room for all the good in my life. And I am living proof. Even though two years after I went on this quantum transition, this quantum shift, two years after I lost everything... I was well prepared to make it back.
1: And, and I, was, I was about to say that too, and I don't mean to, to jump in there, Dave, but you were, you were prepared, like you went through this cataclysmic personal yeah. failure before you had your professional failure. And that's what kind of set you up in a, in a good way for success to really hit that rock bottom. But let's call it what it is. When you were bankrupt, I mean, no one was, you know, you weren't throwing a party for yourself at that time, uh-huh. but you had, you had those tools built in. What was that first step? Do you remember that first step in the process when you lost everything? You're like, I know this is the bottom, but I have the tools from what I learned in my personal failure to take the best step approach forward.
0: Well, it happened with the realization that I was hired by Lee Steinberg to be Midas. I'd taken over for Jeff Morad, who had bought into the Diamondbacks. I had a reputation of being super financially successful. The reason he hired me is so many athletes were going bankrupt, and he wanted me to be the icon of success of how I was going to steward them towards you know, financial success. And sure enough, here I was bankrupt. So, number one, I had to deal from gratitude, forgiveness, and accountability, saving my job. But even worse than that, I realized that I didn't take my mom's house out of my name. And I had to go tell my mom that I was bankrupt and I lost her house and she had to move. So, my uh, values, these foundational values, gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication were put to the test immediately. The day that I had to file bankruptcy and tell other people that were intimate in my business and personal life. And when those values held strong, when I sat in front of them with gratitude, with forgiveness and accountability and inspired and the way they reacted to me, both my mom and Lee, I knew that I was on the right path. And that was just a matter of time. So everything came back to me at the right way, at the perfect time, in the right way by helping others.
1: I, I, I We're so aligned on this one. And I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but something, it's a theme. I, I've been ingesting your content consistently over a couple of years. And I've kind of been on my own vision quest, kind of spiritual journey over the last few years, my awakening, my failure, my self-awareness epiphany. And I've told you my story, which we're not going to digress into, but what... Talk to us about your your spiritual awakening, like when you moved away from the materialistic Dave of the past to this idea of really, truly understanding those important things to you and how to keep them all in, in the right
0: place, in the right trajectory, in the right state of mind. Well, first, there has to be a reconciliation between the pragmatic world and that spiritual world that you're discussing. Too many people can't reconcile that. So you have Very good the point. currency of the pragmatic world, which was money, which I was really good at reconciling, <laughs> but then there's this completely void world that I knew nothing about that my wife and my mom encouraged me to learn about, which was faith, the currency of energy, a frequency of vibration, faith, what we think, say, do believe in the quantum memory of our personality, traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions. That's the currency of the unknown. And so when I started that quantum shift, that transformation, I started attracting different things and looking, putting my attention towards the spiritual, putting my intention Towards the spiritual. And all of a sudden, these coincidences, these mathematical occurrences, just like two angles coincide into a perfect angle, my life started coinciding. I ran into people that were doing the secret. I started working in, you know, and met this lady that taught me to meditate. I never would have meditated in my life. All these things started happening where I started what I call the great reconciliation, which is I started being able to reconcile the two currencies that are available to us, the pragmatic currency of money with the other spiritual currency of faith
1: i I love it and is that where you started to really manifest the idea of the strength of signal i love when you talk about that and let's bring let's bring my my tribe up to speed here high level i mean signals are interesting and for me signals come in in my head and they come in my heart and sometimes they come in my belly too Um, when, when I'm telling you, man, I'm addicted to good food. I just, I I digress there for a little bit. I'm with you, man. Oh man, I will never be a skinny dude. I mean, I try to keep myself healthy, but I like to eat. I like good food.
0: I'm not skinny, but I'm at least getting in shape, right? At 51, I'm in good shape. Heart healthy. But, But yeah, I'm healthy. I mean, we've been getting their body healthy, but more importantly, if I ate, the right way, I'd be the rippedest 51-year-old you've ever met.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, you have all the... All right. So we digress here. So let's talk about right. strength of signal for a little bit. I've heard you talk about this live. You talk about it in, in your book. You talk about it in your podcast. But let's talk about strength of signal in the perspective of when you're in your downturn in, in, a, in a difficult place. Where do, where do you
0: have to pull in the right signals to lift you back up? And we talked about this before. How do you signal that tenacity? Absolutely. So one, vibration, right? Everything vibrates. The earth Plants, animals, humans, sound, light, and then truth uh, or thoughts, truth vibrates the fastest. So I'm always pursuing my truth, my potential. That's where tenacity comes in, right? Knowing that I can enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit, pursuit of my truth, my potential. And understanding vibration or frequency is so important because one law of the universe I know to be true is that we can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than us. We cannot be aware of a frequency that we're not in reception of, right? And vibration is the indicator of those things. So I'm consistently trying to vibrate faster by enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential, my higher vibration. And the higher I vibrate, the more I can be aware of. And what caught me, the pragmatic Dave, was when I sat next to that lady on the airplane who convinced me to go to a workshop on meditation to increase my vibration, is she told me one thing. She goes, what if I could raise your awareness through meditation, raise your vibration, your frequency, so you knew when to buy or sell? That's really so Now she's what, combining them, right? Now, now she's talking to your pragmatic, sensible,
1: money-making Dave
0: Meltzer self right there. Yeah, so that's what- That's the, how she got your attention. Yeah, that stimulated my interest. The other thing that got my attention is when she asked me what vibrates the fastest, and I had no clue, and she said the truth. The truth vibrates the fastest, and I can teach you to vibrate closer and closer in the pursuit of the truth. that really the hairs and I got lots of them on my arm, they went way up, and I still to me, I live that make a lot of money help a lot of people have a lot of fun by enjoying finding the light and the love in the consistent every single day, two minutes of meditations worth more than two hours on a Saturday. I just went through this with one of my mentees yesterday. I'm like, dude, you only study your calendar on Sundays for the week. Two minutes a day is worth more than two hours on Sunday of putting your attention and intention in order to take the coincidences that you want to occur in your calendar. Stop doing it, everybody. Enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. Vibrate faster. Have a higher frequency, a stronger signal, a wider spectrum, and a clearer message, and you will attract everything that you want more rapidly and accurately. That's really what we're trying to do here. Everybody already knows their why. Right, Our why is to help others or to help something. Most of us. Exactly. We're just too afraid or chicken shit to say we don't know our what and we definitely don't know the how or we don't have faith that the how will happen if we know the what. So if you are lost out there, if you don't have your passion, your purpose, if you're not fulfilled, find your what. And if you can't find your what, go ahead and ask people, do you know anybody can help me find my what? And you will find your what.
1: Spot, spot on there. Did this? How did this journey live – How did this journey move you into this action, mindset, and practice of unconditional giving? You give so much of your time and energy to others, still building incredibly successful businesses. How did you get to that point of just being, you know, so giving?
0: Awareness. Uh, So three worlds, and this is where my life changed. The first world that I lived in when I was real young was scarce world of not enough. No matter what I was going to have, when I I lived in that world, there wasn't enough. I was a victim. I was born into a single mom with six kids and completely broke in Akron, Ohio. Then I started living in the world of just enough. Moved to San Diego, started living a life, going to college, got a scholarship. Everything was for me. It was all for me and I got better and better, millionaire, multimillionaire, still living in the world of just enough. I could have had a billion dollars and still told you I have just enough. There was always more to have. Then through this transformation, through this quantum shift in my life, through terrific mentorship and reading the right books and surrounding myself with the right people and listening to podcasts and all the things I do now, I live in a world of more than enough. I live in a quantum entanglement where there's a more enough of everything for everyone. When I give, I'm just making room for more. You just see it as giving. And I'm like, no, no, no. Everything comes through me. Not to me, not for me, but through me for everybody else with appreciation, forgiveness, and accountability and inspiration. It comes through me, appreciate. It adds value through me to others. I'm just making room for more. I'm not giving. I'm not trading, that's for sure, because that's what I used to do in the world of not enough. It's a barter. Right? I was always bartering, Even when I was a philanthropist, right? I had a lot of money. I helped a lot of people. I gave a lot of money. But I was always trading for recognition right? I give unconditionally because I'm just making room for more.
1: So let's flip that around. I think a lot of people have, have a problem asking, asking for things.
0: What, what is- be listening to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but listen to a lot of your shit, man. What's, and and, and I, I made a fundamental shift in my life where I became successful when I, was, when I stopped being scared to ask people, but I backed it up. I backed it up with intention and, and gratitude and knowing that I'm going to pay it forward. So somebody who's listen, man, I have a ton of opportunities in front of me. I'm connected to a lot of people. There's things I want to do. How do I ask somebody? What's, a, what's the best approach to asking somebody for something? It could be something simple as not so simple,
0: but valuable, like your time you're giving me here. How do you ask people the right way? So for me, there's two uh, levels of asking. The first is we should be asking questions of how we can be of service and provide value of others. And then, by doing so, we'll be able to offer what we have to them. Then we can ask one simple question. After we've asked the questions of how we can be a valuer of service and offered that, you now can ask, do you know anyone that can help me? Do you know anyone that can help me? That's inclusive. So if you ask me, Adam, hey, Dave, do you know anyone can help me get someone good on my podcast? I might say, how about me? <laughs> right? And then, yes, I know a few other people that I'd like to help you with. Does that sound fair? That sounds people great. People don't ask. And here's four ways you gotta ask every day. And on average, everyone knows at least a 1,000 people. Not like the old days when we were used to, you know, we were talking about the, re- the remote control and everything AC weather cord, Accord, when we <laughs> yeah, would only have our card game, our men's group, our temple, in order to ask people, can you help my kid get a job? Now everyone has a 1,000 people. So if you're not asking every day, no matter if you know the person or not, in person, on the phone, Via email, check your sent box, see how many emails have it on it, and um, via media, that could be radio, print, TV, social media, I don't care. If you're not asking each of those at least once a day, you are missing out. If you just do one of them once a day, it's 1,000 people a day, it's 30,000 on average a month, 360,000 people, 360,000 asks that you're doing. And I guarantee you out of those 360,000 asks, even if you get 259,900 <laughs> no's, a hundred yeses one every three days is going to change your world. It's going yeah. to change your business. It's going to change your life.
1: Change, just, just take that first step and ask, like, like, don't be scared. I'm going to shift things a little bit here. I'm going to keep it tight.
0: What is Dave Meltzer scared of? My own ego. So I have a very, very I practice ending fear in my life and my fear is the, the places where I don't know I'm an ego-based consciousness. though not aware that I'm going to need to be right and need to be offended and need to be separate, need to be inferior, superior, and need to be frustrated, anxious, angry, fearful in itself. I'm most afraid of being afraid, of, of being afraid of not being aware of being afraid. <laughs> so, you know, I literally live my life with five easy lessons. One, live with gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. Two, <laughs> ask those two questions ask how you can offer value and then ask, do you know anyone that can help me? Three, be a student of your calendar. Pay attention, put intention, create the coincidences that you want. Study the white space of your calendar, study sleep. Four, do it now. Live in the present. Ask yourself, can I do it now? If you can do it now, do it. You save twice as much time and exponentially get more successful. If you don't put it in a repository, prioritize by what's most important first, then what's urgent. If it's not important urgent, just throw it away. If it's not important but urgent, uh, give it to someone else to do. Uh, finally, w. five, practice ending fear. It's a practice, a lifelong practice that I'm going to achieve. It's what I'm most afraid of is I won't be aware of when I'm acting an ego and I'll make myself look like a jerk or I'll act like a jerk. But then again, I'm human. I know that every lesson I learn, yeah. I have the ability to answer those and, and learn those lessons again. And I can forgive myself and be accountable for every lesson that I've learned. That gives me peace.
1: I love it. I'm going to clip this. I want to post it. It needs to be ever present pinned to everyone's page right here. And a a piece of advice that I got that when I moved it, when I pivoted age 35 into recruiting was plan your work and work your plan. And that's my simple mantra that I repeat every day. And that has a trickle down underneath it where I manage my calendar. I manage my time. And I love that you talk about the white space too. I have an interesting month right now where uh, a little bit lower on the, on, on the, on the business, which is allowing me to rebuild my base camp and get ready for 2020. And I'm taking full advantage of that white space. And within that white space, I'm prioritizing house stuff, home stuff, head stuff, and body stuff. And I'm building all those things um,
0: into the... Dave, you listen to... Are you a music guy? I do. I listen to all music. What's the last song you listened to? Uh, Elton John, uh, Tiny Dancer.
1: <laughs> I love it, man. So I'm going to wrap it up. These are a couple of questions that I, that I ask everybody on the show. And I am going to see how short and sweet you could keep this one. What is the greatest piece of advice that you've ever received that you take action on every single day? Be kind to your future
0: self. What
1: is your greatest professional accomplishment?
0: Professional accomplishment. Uh, The playbook.
1: Love it. What is the greatest piece of memorabilia that you have that's closest to your heart?
0: Tony Gwynn's uh, when he batted 394, he gave me Bat eleven of three ninety four, personally signed to me from him. Only three hundred ninety four of those bats exist. I'm not sure anyone ever hit that again.
1: I, I that's that's the real deal. Who's your who's your baseball team? Padres. I I can respect that. I'm 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 fine with that. <laughs> that, that's, they're, they're trying to make some moves we could talk about I that, that when i was
0: nine and i love baseball
1: <laughs> now this is a question that i bet you get a lot you know when when people talk about superpowers right and we're not talking about flying or any of that shit at all but like and i'm not even gonna say what well, could you do better than anybody in this universe but what is that superpower that you have that really makes dave Meltzer dave Meltzer? kindness
0: kindness just being kind
1: and what's your kryptonite
0: my ego. <laughs>
1: yeah, get, get right back to it. And last but not least, Dave Meltzer, not every day, not every day is going to be awesome. Not every day is going to be flying. Not every day is going to be easy. And sometimes you really do got to dig down deep and find that inner tenacity and pull yourself up. Other days, gratitude out the wazoo, right? The gratitude pot of gold at the end of the rainbow was there. Dave Meltzer,
0: what is your North Star? Oh. Um, empowering over a billion people to be happy on Earth by empowering a thousand people like you, Adam, to empower another thousand, to empower another thousand. I'll get there in my lifetime, but that absolutely, I can change the earth. Like most people might think it's egotistical or full of shit. I'm not. I I know that I can empower over a billion people to be happy. And if we do that, the collective belief that would occur, the quantum abundance that would be in existence would create an unbelievable place to live. And that's, that's my North Star.
1: I love it. Dave, thank you.
0: Thank you, my friend. Have a great day.
1: Well, I'm not done yet. Oh, Bear with, sorry. Bear with, me, bear with me for two more minutes here. So cl- cl- closing thoughts. I'll keep this tight. So I've known of Dave for a number of years. And we recently connected in person and had a couple of really solid chats. And the more I read about him, the more I follow his content, the more I hear him talk live on incredible podcasts like Heather Monahan's and a bunch of others, I feel that he is meant to be part of my life and in my life at this current moment. Things happen for a reason. People are there for the right time and the right place. And you have to recognize that and capitalize on it. And I see so much in Dave of that how I aspire to be. And I see so much in his journey when he was my age, we have similar inflection and pivot points and I take his insights and advice to heart deeply. You're affecting me. I'm one of those thousand. His grounded spiritual approach to life is inspiring and motivates me to learn more, be more, and be better. And I'll leave you with a recent quote from Dave that truly resonated with me. Quote, believe that the universe is in your favor and it always will be. Dave Meltzer Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Where could folks connect with you? Where could they find out about you? Where could they get more Dave Meltzer?
0: Yeah, so just remember David Meltzer, at David Meltzer on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. David Meltzer, you can go to uh, YouTube. My website's D Meltzer, first initial, last name, the guy with David Meltzer, won't give it to me, but that's cool. <laughs> I'll uh, shake him down to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but David Meltzer is where to find me. If you type Dave Meltzer, you might get the world wrestling guy. So he's a great guy <laughs> as well, but David Meltzer is where you find me.
1: And we're going we're gonna to connect everyone to that. Maybe we'll sneak in a little side redirect connect in there and I'll, I'll help you out on that one. Thank, Dave, you. thank you. Thank you for joining me and everybody else. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media channels, click, subscribe, link, share. Remember most importantly, take your online offline thank you for joining us and catch us next week on another great episode of the podcast
0: wisdom is forever but for us it's time to go thank you for joining us luckily we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans for more info please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com